Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If any of the kids want to come up and sing, that would be wonderful. Welcome to our church. We have a gift for our visitors at the connection site. Please fill out your friendship card for any prayers or concern, or just so we can get to know you. It's, it's fun to, to be part of the welcoming committee here at Hamilton Center. And we are glad to have you here with us this morning. There's a few things I want to share with you. First of all, the clipboard's going around. The ministry opportunity is cookies. We need cookies. We need cookies for all sorts of events and activities and things. Particularly, this Saturday, we have our Christmas pageant with the children. It's at noon here at the church, and so uh, we invite you to that. And also for our cantata, which is Sunday night at 7 o'clock. It sounds like a fantastic group of people, uh, both singing and the orchestra. It's, it's about 120 or 30 people, I think, involved in, in the performance. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to celebrate Christmas. I also want to mention that after service today, out in the fellowship hall near the fireplace, they're going to give a preview of a financial seminar that they're putting on. This is really just a, a, an opportunity to take some of the biblical principles of God to help people to understand how to better manage your finances. So if that's something you're looking to do, you can talk to the people out there. Something offered by some of the people of the church, if you're interested. Um, we have another announcement. Uh, Agape, the youth ministry that meets on Sunday afternoons, is canceled for today. And we will be meeting again not until January 3rd. So um, Agape is not going to be meeting through December. So if you're planning to come today, we're canceling. And I just want to remind you, I know it's a little early, but Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 11 o'clock. Those are our worship services. Thank you. Let's be in prayer. Dear God in heaven, pour out your blessings upon us. Fill us with a spirit of worship, that we might experience your presence in this place, that we might know that you are our God, to take away the distractions of the world, and just bless us with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And it is the second week of Advent, so as we light our Advent candles, hear these words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able. your neighbor with the peace of the spirit. I'm going to invite the kids to come up and put an ornament on the tree. 
Any kids want to come up and put an ornament on the tree? Come on ahead. When you're done with your ornament, come on over here. Come on up, kids. You want to put an ornament on the tree? Go ahead. Then come on over here. Any other kids want to come up? You can come on right up here, or you can go put an ornament on the tree. Either way. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? That's good. You know, we're talking about somebody special this morning. And we don't normally have her here so early. This is somebody named Mary. That's right, Mary. And Mary had an appearance by an angel. And an angel appeared to her and said, she's going to have, anybody know what? A baby, yes, a baby, and he's going to save the whole world. And so she sang a song, which is what, what we just sang, actually, very, very close to that song. And with her was a goat and a sheep. I just made that up. I don't know if they were actually with her, but I got a goat and I got a sheep. Because later on, we're going to talk about goats and sheep. We want to be the kind of people God wants us to be. And in the Bible, it says that we should be like Sheep, not like goats, because goats are mean. And sheep are nice and loving, okay? And Mary sang a song to talk about how we need to love everybody, everybody, no matter who they are, okay? What are you guys thankful for this morning? You want to share something? Raise your hand if you do. Thankful for everything, and including my family. Friends and family. My mom and dad. My friends and family. Family. My mom and dad. <laughs> Everything. My family and friends. My friends and family. Food and water. Family and friends. My family and friends. Friends and family. My mom and my dad. Friends and family. My mom and dad. My mom and dad. All right. Dear Lord, we thank you for our parents, our family, our friends, and all the good and exciting things that are going on this time of year. Bless us and help us to care for people and help people just like Mary wanted us to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys are welcome to go out to church school now if you'd like to. All the kids are welcome to go out to church school. In your church bulletin this morning, you'll see a mission moment offering. You know, we take these up through the years and we offer a variety of different uh, options that you can give to. We don't expect everybody to give to every mission moment because obviously some touch certain hearts and others touch other people's hearts. This one particularly touches my heart. We call it the Good Samaritan Fund. And what we do with this fund is we help people in your church. So this is for people in the pews next to you. It could be at this time of year at Christmas to try and make their lives a little bit better and easier when they're struggling to pay their bills or get by. It could be an emergency situation where somebody's just in a jam or in trouble. 
Everything that you give goes to help people sitting right next to you. So that's why I consider it special, because it's something we do for our church family. As you'd like to give to the, the Good Samaritan Fund, or as you brought your uh, tithes and offerings, we thank God for all he's done and all he's given to be a blessing in our lives. And we return our Thanksgiving this morning. this Christmas I'm gonna say a little prayer I'm gonna stop here for a moment before the moment disappears the world's in a hurry this December city streets and shopping malls wish we could slow down and remember
Lord, we thank you for these gifts that you have given to us. We pray that the gifts we give back to you will be a blessing in this world, that people may experience your joy and your love through them. Give us your wisdom that we may be a light by using the gifts that you've provided, and may these blessings be a blessing to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, we have a couple of concerns in our church community, and I'm sure there's many, many more than this. Um, please pray for the Fisher family. Uh, Liz Fisher's father passed away, Bob Wood, so please keep them in prayer. Also, uh, please pray for my daughter, Olivia. She was rear-ended the other day, and she has a sprained cervical in her neck, and she's in a lot of pain, and her car's not good either. Uh, <laughs> so pray for a new car. Uh, and we have a great joy. Lindsay McMichael, um, which is Diane Wentz's uh, daughter, had another baby. Um, a baby boy, November 30th, Landon Richard, is a little guy, five pounds, seven ounces. So, yeah, little guy. So lots of joys, lots of concerns. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer this morning. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your love and your presence and your joy. And we pray that you will fill us each this day. Help us to know that you are there for us as we go through trying times. We pray for those who are struggling with illnesses and family members going through illnesses as well. We pray that your healing touch will come upon people in need. The physical ailments will be healed that you will guide the doctor's hands, that people may experience your healing. I pray for the families who are going through struggles and trials as they try to comfort and support those who are struggling with physical ailments and any other things. We pray, Lord, that you will give them your peace and your presence, give them words, and sometimes words aren't there. We pray for our families that are struggling and feeling broken, that your love will abound, that joy will be filled, and that as families look upon one another, they see you and they come closer together. We pray for the healing of our families. We pray for the healing of our nation, which is broken. And there's so much violence and people are afraid. And we pray that your peace will come upon us. Open our eyes to see your goodness. Give us your courage, your strength, your support, and your wisdom as we move forward. May the brokenness be healed and mended through you. And we pray for a world that is beyond anything we can fix, but we know that you are a good and great God and that you can do mighty things. And we pray that your goodness will shower upon the entire world and fill up the people. We're trusting in you and we love you. May we, a may we be a blessing in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's hear from the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels are with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of our Lord. Thank you, Noah. We call this Advent season in the church because we look forward to the coming of our Lord. Coming of our Lord in the, in the, in the manger at Bethlehem, coming of the Lord in our hearts, coming of the Lord someday to reclaim all of creation and to claim us. And so we're looking at different parables through the course of this time we have together before Christmas of the end of time. Sheep and the goats. When did we see you sick or hungry or lonely or thirsty or in need of a visit and we weren't there for you, God? I don't remember that time. God has tests for who we are and what we are that we don't always recognize. I don't know if you've actually noticed the verse on the very back wall of the sanctuary as you go out that says, be careful how you treat strangers because you may be entertaining angels unaware. In the book of Proverbs, it says to us, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and God will reward them for what they have done. Once upon a time, there was a king. He wanted to know what what things were like in his kingdom and whether the, how the people talked about him and whether they were doing what they were supposed to do and whether they were, were taking care of things in the way they should. So he put on a disguise so people wouldn't recognize him any longer as the king and went to work among them to listen to what they had to say, to do what they had to do, to be a part of who they were. And we call it undercover boss. Maybe you've seen the show. 
fascinating experience where the boss dresses up like one of the workers. And what I find fascinating is that the CEOs never seem to be able to do anything productive in the course of this. That should be the giveaway right away, that this is somebody who it doesn't appear to be. And yet somehow they're fooled. And they say what's really going on. God comes to be amongst us. And God is actually in all the people that you see. I have people say to me, I'd like to see God. Well, look around the room, you'll see God. Look around in the faces of the people you pass in the street, you'll see God, because we're all made in God's image. And there's people in this world who are hurting. And the interesting part is many of them are Christians. When did we see you hungry or thirsty or, or needing somebody to visit you or, or without clothing or a place to live? It's fascinating that the things that are mentioned here are basic needs, not, not, not uh, you know, desires or wants. It's not, you know, we needed a, a better cell phone plan and you wouldn't pay for it or we wanted cable TV and you only gave us the basic plan. When did we see you without the basic needs of life and not take care of you. We live in an incredibly prosperous culture. You all know that. We've talked about that before. Unfortunately, in the midst of that prosperity, there, there's a tendency toward not only greed, but a concern that somehow if we give, we'll end up without enough. In the book of Deuteronomy, God said to the Israelites, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God has given you, don't be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Whatever they need. People who are hungry and thirsty. I went to Applebee's the other night. I had this new dish that I wanted to try. It's sort of a chicken dish with apples and rice and stuff mixed together. Looked good on the menu, so I ordered it, and it came out, and there's this little plate of food. I'm like, seriously, really? Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. I ate it, and I was full when I was done. But we have come to assume that when we go out to eat, there should be enough food to feed four of us in one dinner, right? But we got ripped off. I can't believe they gave me that little bit of food. I mean, seriously, were they trying to make me healthy? We throw away food. I read somewhere that more than half the vegetables that are grown in this country end up in the garbage. Fascinating how we just have food to get rid of. No one should be hungry, ever. Ever in a culture that can throw food away. I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You know, that's such an easy thing to do, isn't it? Hi, my name's Tom, how you doing? Do we welcome our strangers like we welcome friends? I was out with a group of people the other day and I saw somebody across the room and it was like, hi, hey, how you doing? But do we welcome everybody that way? Or is it just the ones we recognize? Even in church, we, we, we walk our way through the folks 
pretending they're not there to get to the one we want to say hello to. Maybe we could greet people through the crowd. Hi, my name's Tom. Hi, my name's That's the one I want to get. <laughs> At least say hello. People say to me, well, I don't know if, if they're new to the church or not. Well, why would it make any difference? Why would it matter who they are? You don't know them. They go to your church. Say hello. We don't say hello to our own people. Get so focused on everyone else. You ever been a stranger? Have you ever had somebody say hello to you when you're a stranger and you feel like the world just lit up? I needed clothes and you gave me clothing. Now tell me seriously. I, I, I honestly believe that if I took all the clothes in my house, I could put clothing on the backs of every single person in this room. And I bet you could too. How many of you have tried to stuff things into your closet? <laughs> you know, years ago, have you ever been to an old house? Their closets are like this wide. You know why? They only had like six sets of clothes. What you wore to church on Sunday? You wore to church every Sunday. You know how easy it would have been this morning? There it is, Sunday clothes. Boom, up we go. You wore that last week. Yeah, I've worn it for the last 50, 100 weeks here. You know, hello. This is what I wear. It's Sunday. We don't just have Sunday clothes and Monday clothes and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday clothes. We've got 10 or 15 or 20 sets of Sunday clothes. How can anybody possibly need clothes in this world? You see, it's not because we don't have enough. We live in a culture filled with prosperity. So it certainly is not that the resources don't exist. It's a condition of our hearts. It's fascinating that as they talk about eternal life in verse 34 of this passage, they talk about it as an inheritance, a benefit, not something that you actually even earn so much as it's just a condition of who you are already. You are amongst the sheep, and so you are blessed in this life and the one to come. Or you are amongst the goats, and so you are cursed. And it's not just about their actions, but about inactions. Because oftentimes we think of sin as something we do, when oftentimes sin is something we neglect to do. I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was in need, and you didn't do anything for me. Matthew chapter 13 Quotes Isaiah saying, you'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. This people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. About a month ago, it was before Thanksgiving, I went into a store. Those little Salvation Army people with their red pots and their bells ringing. So I'm walking into the store and my grandson says, Hey, Papa, look, one of those Salvation Army things. We could put some money in it. And I said, I can't believe I said this. I said, no, it's too early. They shouldn't be out there. <laughs> really? Really? Did I say that? Did that come out of my mouth to my teenage grandson? What kind of an of a image is that? Ah, I said it. I said it. You know how much money I'm going to have to give to the Salvation Army to assuage my guilty heart now? 
No more change. It's got to be paper every single time now. What is it? What causes us to say these things or, or do these things? It's fascinating that in this passage, about people who are going to go to eternal glory or eternal destruction, there's nothing about what they believe. It's nothing about how they worshiped. It's nothing about the sacrifices they made. It's nothing about rituals at all. Whether their eyes could see. Why did we see you like this? And you know, yes, it was, it was the, the, the goats that we focus on who didn't have their eyes open, but even the people who were sheep didn't get it. I don't remember this either. Because it's all about what's inside. In Titus, he says to us, people claim to know God, but their actions deny God. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. If, if you're messed up and you've got the wrong attitude towards everything, you can't do it right. Where do we see God? Where do we even look for God? Do we look for God in the angels in the sky? Do we look for God in the miracles? Do we look for God in the power and the wonder? Do we look for God in the pain and the struggle and the trauma? Who wants to be around a sheep? Sheep are kind of like weak, mamby-pamby loser animals, you know? They're not very smart. You push them around. They're, they're really kind of... I just want to be a sheep, ba-ba-ba-ba. I just want to be a sheep, ba-ba-ba-ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep, ba-ba-ba-ba. I don't know if I do. I mean, really, sheep, they're kind of like on the bottom of the barrel here. Of... We're made in God's image. But where do we see God? Where do we even look for God? What will we do? If we heard that somebody, somebody who is famous or powerful or wealthy was coming to church today, what if, what, if, what if it was clear that somebody told us that that Zuckerberger or whatever his name, guy who just gave away 40-some bazillion dollars, if he was coming to church today? Did you see him? Is he here yet? Looking out the windows, watching for the car. The governor's coming. Really, really, I wonder if he'll sit near me. Do we look for God only in those places? It's fascinating what we will do for the people who already have a lot. The people who are famous, we'll give them more attention. The people who are wealthy, we give them more money. The people who are powerful, we think need to have more power. And the people who are struggling and the people who are in trouble and the people who are hurting, we just push them aside. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the thirsty. Jesus turns it all upside down. He just messes with our whole image of what life is supposed to be about. Who wants to be a sheep? James chapter 2 says, As a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds, without actions, is dead. It's not just about not doing the wrong thing. It's about doing the right thing. 
You can change the world. You really can change the world. I know it seems impossible. We don't have bazillions of dollars to give away. How could we, how could we possibly change the world? Because together we can do so much. You'd be amazed at what we already do together. I don't know if you're aware of it. This church probably gives away, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000 a year to help people. That's what we do. Probably there's no one in this room that could do that, or maybe they could, but they wouldn't. But together we can. We feed people regularly in Buffalo, in Niagara Falls. We do that together. Have you ever seen those Christmas boxes? What's most touching, the most touching thing about the Christmas boxes, most of you never see. I come in I, I, here sometimes, and I'm just wandering around, and I see somebody show up with their box. They only have one. And you see them come in, because they heard about us somewhere. I don't know where they even find out about us. And they walk in with their box, and they come into the sanctuary. they got their little treasures that they put together to help somebody in the world. And they walk in here, and they go, wow. <laughs> when they see all those boxes, and, and you, you probably don't have never seen this, they walk up with their box, and they have to find just the right spot to put their box, even though they know it's going to blend into this huge amount of boxes, because they realize at that moment, that what they were doing is just a part of something huge. We can do amazing things together. Somebody, it wasn't me, created this thing called the Advent Conspiracy. It's a clever thing. It says that in the season of Advent, as we prepare for God, we, we need to worship fully. We talked about that last week. We need to spend less money on Christmas gifts. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We need to give more, and we need to love everyone. And if we do that, believe it or not, we can make things happen we would think otherwise are impossible. Solomon once said, there's one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it only results in want. What's that about? How does a person disperse all his stuff and end up with more? How can a person hold on to something and end up in need? The average family will spend $1,700 on Christmas gifts this year. That will mean cutting a few of those lower limbs for sure. It takes a lot of room to put $447 billion worth of gifts under every tree in America. Solomon's economics turn everything upside down. Less under my tree is actually more. One less gift under my tree becomes one more book for seminary students in Nigeria, one more breakfast for kids in Peru, one more bag of seed in Sudan, one more Bible study in Croatia, one more church plant planning retreat in Germany, and one more opportunity to share the gospel in Russia. Less under our trees means more for the world. More of what matters most, more of who we celebrate in this season. It means more of Jesus 
his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, proclaimed more as we have less. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Sounds like he believes Solomon. If we put less under our trees each Christmas, it means more and more and more for the world. The purpose of this life is, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to ignore this world along the journey. We say the prayer, don't we? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. An incarnational faith, a faith where Jesus is born into the world, resensitizing ourselves to the world around us so that we see the needs and we see the faces and we see the hurts and we see the pains. What are we doing? The fascinating thing is, is you know, this, this little video implies that if we have less under our tree, it will give more somewhere else. And that's where we see the world. If, if I have a book and give it to you, I no longer have a book. But that would mean that we only believe in, in, the, in the rules of possibilities of this world. But with God, he can create things out of nothing. He's the only one that can make something out of nothing. So when God says he can give more to you, he can give you more without taking it from somewhere else. Only God can do that. And he does it when we live incarnationally. We need to make the effort first, and it's not always easy. It's not always convenient. It isn't always profitable. People will say to me, well, what should I do? Well, we talked about the Good Samaritan Fund. That's an easy place. Or how about those, those angel tree tags? You know, the first couple of weeks, I don't even have to talk about it because people go out and they take every four and five and six and three-year-old off the tree. Now it's the 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. That's not as much fun to buy for those pastor time. Besides, some of those people want an Xbox. Yes, of course. They dream like your kids dream. They hope like your kids hope. They don't have to have that. They can have something else. It doesn't matter. What do we do? What are we going to do? I visit people who are sick people who are vulnerable, people who are hurting. And you know what they often say to me? They say, where are my friends? Why, why haven't they called me? Why don't they visit? I usually make excuses for you. Because that's the best I can do. I don't know. We're afraid. We don't want to go near the sick. You ever go in the hospital and they've got those, those rooms where sometimes you've got to put on the gowns and gloves and masks and everything? I usually don't see them. I got a nurse chase me. Get out of there, you're going to 
Alistair, man, you know. I guess I was just exposed to something. Whatever. I know. That's not the point. I know. I know. You can explain it to me later. It can be hard work taking care of the sick. It can be hard work noticing when somebody's hurting. It can be hard work to go and, and talk to people that you don't feel comfortable talking to right now. Hard work to visit those who are in prison. Wow. They'll even take you and, 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 and start treating you like a criminal. I know, I've been there. And sometimes we just don't see it. You don't see it. A couple days ago, I was out to lunch at Olive Garden. And as I walked in the restaurant, there's an old lady in a wheelchair sitting in the entranceway all by herself. I thought, man, that's weird. You know, who left this old lady in the middle of that? It was just strange. Why is this old lady sitting in the entranceway by herself? That just didn't seem right. So I kind of stayed like the doorman, just opening the door for people. I figured that would let me just hang around, keep an eye on the old lady. Make sure, you know, everything's okay here. Then I saw the car pull up to pick her up, and I said, okay, that's good. And I went in the restaurant. Because, of course, I had people waiting for me. I couldn't just, you know, stay out there. Like, it would have mattered if I would have taken two more minutes to help them get the old lady into the car, right? But I was in a hurry. I had people waiting for me. Like, anybody would have cared if I took an extra minute just to help. Why do we not see this stuff? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? I don't want to be a goat, nope. I don't want to be a goat, nope. Because there's no hope, nope. I don't want to be a goat, nope. <laughs> you know, goats are in the Bible in a few places. One of the first places we see them is in the book of Leviticus. Many of you may not realize it, but the original sin offering for the people of Israel was a goat. They were supposed to bring two goats. The first goat was going to be taken and used as the sacrificial animal for the sins of the people. They did this later on with, with, with sheep and lambs. But in that day, it was a goat. And they would offer it up to God as a symbolic sacrifice for their sins. But they had a second goat. The second goat, they would, they would put all their sins on that goat. I committed adultery, now it's on you, goat. I stole, now it's on you, goat. I lied, it's your fault, goat. I was mean to my mom and dad, it's your fault, goat. And they would pray all their sins onto this little goat. And then they would literally push the goat out into the wilderness to die. Really? Really? I don't want to be a goat. Nope. I don't want all everybody's sins. I don't want everybody's problems. I don't want everybody's hang-ups. I don't want it all shoved on me. I don't want to be counted, as it says in here, among the cursed, the devil. I don't want to be the ones on, on the left, he says, We'll, we'll go to punishment. I don't want to be a goat. You know, that last verse, it talks about eternal punishment. People ask me, 
So is, 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 are the people who don't go to eternal life going to be punished eternally? This is the verse most people use. It actually says a punishment that lasts for an eon, which is a long age, but it's not necessarily eternally. I hope not. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to suffer like that. I don't want anybody to be a goat. No. I don't know how good of a sheep I am. I just feel like I don't have time. I'm afraid that people are always trying to get in my pocket, get my stuff. I'm afraid that if I get too near broken people, I might break myself. And knowing me, I'll say or do the wrong thing, because I'm good at that. Even though I don't want to do that. In the 23rd Psalm, there's a verse in there that says, God's rod and his staff, they comfort us. The whole Psalm is about God treating us like sheep and goats. His rod and his staff, his, his, his staff is that long hook thing, which is meant to pull the sheep where they need to go, and his rod is a club, which is meant to protect the sheep, but once in a while, give them a little whack when they get out of line. Sometimes we need God to give us a little whack. He pulls on us, and we don't pay attention. We don't see that Salvation Army pop. We don't see that lady in the wheelchair. We don't see the person who's hurting and struggling and weeping and needs us. I don't want to be a messed up sheep that doesn't get it right. Mary, Mary, sang that beautiful song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds in his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that he'd heal the sick, that he'd cause the blind to be able to see, that he'd be God himself? I think she knew that. I just thought there was a line missing from that song. Once upon a time, there was a king. The king wondered what it was like for his people. He was curious how they talked about him, how they lived, what their life was like, and so he disguised himself as one of them. He went to live and be born in a stable. He grew up in a carpenter's house, regular home where everybody else lives, did common things like everyone else does. One day, he revealed to people that he was the king. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He taught them the lessons of love. 
Mary, did you know that one day you would watch your son die on a cross like a common criminal in agony and pain? Did you know that, Mary? What would you have done if you knew that was going to happen? Thank God. He's God. He took the sins like a goat for us, but he raised from the dead like a king and broke the power of our failure. So we have a choice. We can be people who let God change us from goats to sheep. Or we can stay stuck. King Solomon once said in the book of Proverbs, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you give your life to God, he will give it to you. If you share your life for God, God will give you a life abundantly. If you open up your heart, to see what God wants you to do and what God wants you to be. God will make you blessed. From now and forever and forever.
to do the right thing. I really do, and then somehow it goes wrong. I think that's what we're all like. And here's the good news. The God of the universe came here to figure out exactly what we were like. He experienced it. He knows what it is, and that's why he said to us, 
All you got to do is say, look, this is what I did wrong. And trust me, I'll forget about it. I'll forgive it. Let's go ahead and do that, shall we? Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. I've done things wrong. And I've neglected to do things right. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. You know my heart. I want to be a sheep. Listen now, Lord, to the prayers of my heart. What I need to share. Dear God, pour out your Holy Spirit around all of us gathered here. Send your spirit of forgiveness. Break the bonds of pain and hurt, the guilt and suffering we've been carrying around, Lord. Forgive us and set us free to live as your children, bringing your love into this world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said if we confess with our hearts and with our mouth and believe with our hearts, we will be forgiven. That means today, all the brokenness, all the pain, all the things of your past that are bad or wrong, you can put there and leave it there. And don't dig it up anymore. And live into the promise of what God wants you to be living, sharing his love, what he wants this world to be through you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
table of the Lord is set for all of you. Whether you feel worthy or not, God makes you worthy. Whether you're a member of this church or you just walked in the door, this is God's table. He issues the invitation. You're all welcome to come and to join us this morning. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, always and everywhere, to give thanks to God. In the midst of joy and celebrations, in the midst of struggle and difficulty, we thank God, for he is the giver of all blessing and all good things in life. And so with all the people on earth and all the angels in heaven, we praise his name and join their unending hymn in saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. Blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Born in a stable. Raised in a life much like ours. He came to the world to heal. To teach. To share the glory of his kingdom on earth, as it is in heaven. And yet, the people didn't want to hear it. So they broke him. They beat him, they abused him, they hung him on a cross to die. But he had victory over that death. And we share in that victory, and we share in this table. Even before his death, on the night in which he was betrayed, he issued the promise to his disciples. He took the bread. He gave thanks to God and they broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Eat of this, remembering me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of this, remembering me. And so in remembrance of all these mighty acts, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord. Pour your Spirit into our very lives and living. Help us to be the body of Christ in this world. Help us to be the people of love and grace and charity. Help us remember the one who can make something out of nothing to trust in you. For this life and the one to come. Bless us, Lord, to be a blessing as we offer these prayers in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, as Jesus taught us to pray, let us join together in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For those who are assisting with communion, come forward at this time, please. Now come and join us at the table at the rail for prayers for healing and anointing to light a candle. Come and join us with the Lord. Now, if you're able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we're going to sing together, Joy to the World.
May God fill your hearts with his spirit. May God fill your hearts in such a way that they overflow into the world around you, that you can't help it, but to go out and help all those that God puts in your way. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord, Lord open up your eyes. And may the Lord grant you his peace this day and into eternity.